Yes, you are in part three. Some of you are great money managers. Many of you are not need to step your game up. But guess what? You're not alone, not just on an individual basis, but also our governments. Yes, our countries. And again, some doing better than others. So anyway, here you go. Yes. Dirt alert. Dirt alert three. Part three of three. Uh, yep, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, first, we're well, going to know this play a day. Might as well go one more time. The importance of uh, reviewing your life, reviewing what works, what works and what doesn't, and then making your corrections to move forward. It's wisdom. It's wise. And uh, yeah, there are no wasted experiences in life for the wise. So here you go. The play of the day. Check this out. Swung on and hit in the air to right. <laughs> and that ball is gone. And, and amen. I played high school football. I wasn't great. I was good enough. Like good enough to get some playing time, to not waste my mom and daddy's time so they could actually come watch their boy actually out there on the field. And one of the things that I picked up on very early uh, playing high school football is no matter how great or how awful we played on Friday, we could always expect to sit down for Monday's practice session and review the tape or the film from the previous Friday. I can still see my coach with the clicker in hand, uh, rewinding and commenting and rewinding and commenting and rewinding and commenting to the point where I'm like, J just get it over with. Now, now, now I, I initially thought that, that if we played really bad, if we got beat and not just beat, blown out, we, we wouldn't watch the films. I mean, what, what, what's the purpose of it? And, and I soon discovered that we actually spent more time reviewing those defeats than our actual victories. See, our coach operated from the fundamental principle that in life there are no wasted experiences. That you can learn as much from your tragedies as you do your triumphs. You can learn as much from the mountaintop as you do down in the valley. That again, in life, there are no wasted experiences. Now that's a word for us because many of us are stepping into 2021 and just kind of wiping the sweat off of our proverbial brow and saying, praise God, 2020 is over. Never want to think about that ever again. But I Man, I just don't get tired of it. And maybe you are. I know maybe you're ready to move on. But uh, I, I just, again, uh, think about your life and, and, and reviewing what works. And then even maybe boldly sharing what works and what didn't. Uh, your story absolutely can help someone else. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it, it it's your choice. And, and we do have some more stuff coming from, from some of the other dudes. So I'm, I'm really uh, stoked on that. Uh, for this one, though, again, Dr. Loritz, one of my favorite voices and of, of encouragement and wisdom and logic, and uh, you can find him at the Brian Loritz podcast. That's Brian with a Y. And again, that was uh, tw year 2020, a year we should never forget, published on January 4th, 2021. Yep. Part three, trying to put a bow on this. Uh, yeah, my 600-pound debt life 
hopefully that resonated with you. And for some of you, oh, thank goodness, that's that, that that's not me. And it, and for most of you, it's not. But where is that 600-pound life? And um, as for me, as you earn more, don't automatically spend more. Stay away from debt. Don't lease. Don't finance. Pay off your house while times are good. Be a good steward with the jobs and money that God has blessed you. And... I can already feel resistance on this from some of you, and 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 I, I just say pause and film review. And for those stubborn like me, who say I lease for this tax advantage and and I borrow and I, I've never missed a payment and 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 still want more. Um, please be honest with yourself here, and at least for those married. So quiz time. Has your marriage or life gotten better or worse as your houses got larger and you accrued more stuff? Has your marriage gotten better or worse as your vehicles have become nicer? And has your marriage gotten better or worse as you work more hours? And I don't want your short-term answer either. I've been married 26 years. So I, I, I do have something to say about this. I want your long-term answer. And if you just move to a, a new huge home, you, you have another honeymoon phase for a while. Sooner or later, we want more. Again, I, I keep going to this example. If all the money in the world helped, well, the Bezos would still be married. So clearly there's something more driving to a successful marriage. Let me share another story. Some of the worst dads I know are, or at least were, (laughs) before COVID traveling CEOs. Oh, they certainly provide financially, big time in most cases, but they are poverty poor in the relationship department. Not everyone, but most. And many are so successful on the business or fame front, but are colossal failures on the relationship front. And I'll never forget the college kid I hired as a summer intern. And his dad was a CEO at a major healthcare company. He didn't need the money, but he wanted the experience. And they attended church each week. And he and his brother and sister attended the best schools. They had the best. They grew up in a huge mansion out in the country with a bunch of land. And he also told me that his dad was gone all the time. He told me that he really didn't have a dad growing up. And he later stated that his dad's job was his family not them. Again, I, so, some of you, I know, I know what you're, some of you are thinking and saying, Hey, well, at least he grew up rich. Yes, he did grow up monetarily rich and he also grew up relationship poor. And what dream exactly are we chasing in the United States or wherever you are, by the way, is our dream to really keep up with the Kardashians And have broken relationship after broken relationship? Do we really want things at the cost of our most important relationships? 
And at the end of life, they don't talk about all your things at a funeral. At least at most funerals. They may fight about them. They certainly don't list them all and hand them out like a corporate annual report at your funeral. They reflect on how good of a human being the person was. Uh, if, if, if married a long time, absolutely, that's going to be brought up. If they're a great spouse, if they're a great parent, a citizen, and or servant. And if you listen to me long enough, again, you've heard me say this before. If money guaranteed happiness, Hollywood would be the mecca for the best marriages and families. If that was true, nobody would divorce there, right? So for richer or poorer, for almost all of you, that was your vow for those that are married. And for a lot of you, actually poorer is a major reason you divorced or will divorce. So reflection time again, think about when your marriage, pre-marriage was at its strongest. For most of you, it was when you were young and certainly poor. You had to strive and save for that first house. You lived on next to nothing and you had some of the most fun in your life. So let's go full circle here. Why are we maxing ourselves out? Why are we sacrificing and compromising our relationships for more things? And how big do we really need a house? The tough part is that most of us need two incomes to keep up with the Joneses. And on top of that, we tap home equity and other credit. And when times were good, it really wasn't a problem. And when crap hit the fan, it became a very big problem. It's just about, and perhaps still will, take down our country economically. When our country was at its strongest, we didn't run deficits. Our grandparents, or at least their parents, lived off one salary. The other took care of the home. It was simple, and it was good. And they owned their vehicles, and they owned their house, by the way. Now, I'm not saying you have to live on one income. I'm saying you would be wise to learn to live off one income. And if you have another income, then that one is pure bonus, savings and giving, etc. You will indeed have something called margin. And that's another must-read book, by the way, Margin. Uh, I read it early, but I didn't practice it. And I'll say this. I think we're designed to need each other. One focuses on providing income and the other focuses on the home. And by the way, whichever gender you are, I'm not even going to go that, that way. I, some of you have your ideas, but just think about the simplicity of that. It, it actually makes a lot of sense. But both of you that are blessed and, and can both work, and maybe it's later in life anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's your life. It's your choices. But a simpler model works. I don't think we were designed to live in a house five times the size we actually need. That is part of our problem. Is it safe to say that we all want to live in a strong country? We all want to have a strong family and spouse that truly loves us, right? If it wasn't that long ago, we had that. And wouldn't we be wise to look at what worked and what didn't and make some changes? To pick up that book 
the owner's, owner's manual that is collecting dust and find out what it says in there that made our country and family strong. And as you reflect on below, think of my testimony and reflect on my saying, I was spending like a crackhead that found a bag of money and it takes one to know one. Listen, any of you that are addicts, you know this. You can spot another addict where other ones uh, can't quite see it and, and keep falling for their tricks and, and trades. You know it. You can spot another addict. And do you see the parallel? I, I, I went micro scale, but let me go macro a little bit. And just because I, 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 I do love my country. I do care about it. And I, I want an aircraft carrier. I, I want a war here. I want free health care for everybody. I want, I want, I want. And yes, some initiatives are absolutely more noble than others. But can we afford it? Or are we charging it? Are we charging that credit card and giving it, kicking it down the can for our great-grandkids? Or grandkids, for that matter. Or our kids. Instead, our political leaders buy our votes with promises that they can't afford. And we keep charging the federal credit card and kick them down the road. Trillion dollars more here, trillion dollars more there. The United States is approaching $28 trillion in debt as of today. And for those of you that think you are debt-free, personally, you may be. But for those that live here in the United States as a country, did you know that you are $222,000 in debt per taxpayer and counting? $220,000 plus and counting. Where's the parallel here? You may ask. Do you think our government looks at money like monopoly money like I did? And for the business majors and anyone that has studied Economics 101, you can't print your way out of debt, at least for too long. And something called hyperinflation kicks in eventually. And all those dollars that so many of you worship suddenly become worth a lot less. You need to make a plan and balance the budget. You best do it. I didn't, and I paid the price. Our states do it, at least they're required to do it, have to do it. Our country should do it. And by the way, if you think I'm taking political sides, I've seen both Republicans and Democrats charging the federal credit card for decades now. It went from about, what, 53% of, of uh, GDP at the beginning of the 2000s, and now we're about 130% over GDP. And if I'm reading the U.S. debt clock correctly, See the link below, by the way, if you're curious about that. We are paying $390 billion in interest per year. And again, painfully speaking, I know the pain of having to pay that interest. It's stupid. It's foolish. It was foolish of me. I know you agree with that part of me. But as, as, a, bigger, as, as a bigger example, what could we do with $390 billion who are we paying this to then, right? We could, that could buy a lot of homes and that could provide a lot of jobs, 390 billion. You know my story. The foolish pay the interest. So you're saying, hey, oh, you go political. You don't normally do that. And this is turning into an op-ed. No, 
well, debatable. Give me a give me a political leader. I blue, red, purple, green. That's bold enough to say enough. Repent, make a plan, make tough decisions, and sacrifices. And the tough question really is, who would vote for that? Um, I, I, I get that part of it. I get that. But again, let me go full circle. Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And as for me, again, let's pick back on me. So I ticked off most of you. (laughs) I'm still humbly learning and I'm still correcting. And in fact, as I further speak and write, then we get to the Q&A section. And may you hold me accountable. That's fine. We'll see where our country goes. I, um, But I, for now, you need to work on you. I need to work on me. And at least learn from me in my game film. And ask how I'm doing and making those financial corrections. And may we find that truth and let's go. And by the way, when we end on this, for those that are married... Or, or just maybe it's just yourself, a self-reflection right now. There, I'm going to leave you three questions. And if you are married, then three questions for your quality couple time or date night. Number one, do you fight about money? Number one. Number two, do you work off a budget of 10, 10, 80? That's 10% giving, 10% saving. spend. And maybe you are. Maybe you're doing a great job of that. Again, I tip my cap off to you. But number three. Ah, here's key number three. Can your family survive on one income? And maybe a better question would be asked. Can your family pay all the bills that you are obligated to right now? Could you do it if you went to 50% income? Or just one income, for that matter. So what would happen if your family income was cut in half? So as we wrap this up, I'm going to, well, and you know, you know, I like to end on a song note. I'm going to end on a prayer note. Heavenly Father, ah, forgive us, at least me, the ones that put too much emphasis on money, not enough on relationships. And forgive me for not following common sense and just let my greed take over. And wherever the listener is, and maybe they're excellent at the financial side, and and, and I give thanks for that. I just also ask where then in their game film review is there room for improvement? Will you make it clear and then... And, and, Perhaps uh, Holy Spirit inspire them then to write down where they can go better, where they can get stronger, and and and, and tune in more to, to your word and what it has to say about where that can be further bolstered in their life. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and grace and forgiveness. Oh, I need it so bad, and 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 you are so kind and so giving. Thank you for this opportunity to shine some light and help maybe someone else know they're not alone. And if they have a story and they're hearing this and they feel the pull, may they be bold enough to contact us and perhaps do their own film review. In Jesus' name we pray. A blessing on all those listening to this. Amen.